wondering where Don Russell went last week besides me? All right, all two of us, praise God, Tom. Well, this is for you. Uh, apparently last week he was on vacation, right, Don? And apparently at least what this says here is you went to Washington, D.C. Just please say yes, work with me. Okay, he went to Washington, D.C., praise God, on vacation now. And as he was, went there, what do you do? Man, you go to the White House, right? You're there, you got to go take a tour, right? And so he goes to the White House, I kid you not, done, and he asks to see President Clinton, right? Well, a fellow Marine's there, he's on duty, and so he quickly informs Don that, hey, listen, Bill Clinton is no longer the president, and then he asks Don to leave. So Don, he goes away, but the next day he comes back to the White House again, and he asks to see President Clinton again. So the same Marine, he's on duty. He reminds Don, hey, listen, Bill Clinton is not the president. Would you please go away? So Don goes away. But the next day, Don shows up again. And again, the same Marine's on duty. And so Don asks to see President Clinton. And at this, the Marine, he just lost it, man. He lost his patience. He yells back at Don. He says, why do you keep coming here asking for Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton is not the president anymore. And Don just smiles and says, I know. I just like hearing it. <laughs> oh wow thank you Don and yes pretty soon maybe we can say that about some well I guess we won't go there but I guess we just did but anyway that's right but it, the point is this folks uh, as you can see uh, uh, Don apparently just could not get enough of the good news right bring it again tell me again I want to hear it right okay and believe it or not the sad note is folks did you know the Bible says that one day the whole planet is actually going to have this mentality they don't want to hear the good news can you believe that and of course, the good news I'm talking about is the good news of the return, hello, of Jesus Christ. And, and they, they not only don't want to hear it, they act like it's the bad news. And they want nothing to do with his merciful offer of salvation. And so the Bible is clear, man, you reap what you sow. These people are running the risk of being left behind. They're going to be thrust into the Antichrist kingdom, and it's their absolute worst nightmare. Okay, and that all begins, of course, at the rapture of the church, okay, and the signing of the peace treaty with Israel by the Antichrist. Anybody wanting to do that today? That could happen at any moment. This is wild, folks. Okay, and the reason why it's such a horrible time as we've been seeing in our study is Jesus clearly said, Jesus said this, folks, is that this is the worst time in the history of mankind, never to be repeated again, praise God. And that if God didn't even short that time frame, okay, the entire human race would be destroyed, wiped out. That's how much the wrath of God is going to be poured out on this wicked and rebellious planet. But as we've been seeing, praise God, he's not just a God of wrath, which again is not bad, right, Patrick? Sure, Pastor really? Thanks, buddy, for that vote of confidence. Uh, yeah, it's good. He's putting an end to the evil and baloney that goes on today. Okay, but he's a God of love as well. And I'm truly convinced, folks, because he loves us, he gives us so many warning signs to let us know when the tribulation is near. So we're not caught off guard so that we would do what he says to do in the meantime. Get busy sharing the gospel. Okay, because he loves us, but also let us know it's getting close. Okay, and you need to get prepared. Therefore, in order to keep your eye here at sunrise from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, apparently even worse than some presidents never leaving office soon enough. But anyway, we're going to continue on. That's right, with our study, the final countdown, right? Now give it up for the, apost the prophet John. John, thank you. Yeah. Hey, you don't need that no more. You can put that away. That's right. We're, we're using technology. As you guys can see, that's right. The prophet John has shared with us how the number 10 sign of the final countdown. And you better pay attention because he's looking at you. Look, right, okay. The number 10, he sees all. He's the prophet. Uh, the number nine sign. Number 10 was Jewish people. Number nine, modern technology. Number eight, worldwide upheaval. Number seven, the rise of falsehood. Number six, the rise of wickedness. Uh, number five, the rise of apostasy. Number four, one world religion. Number three, uh, one world government. And the last four times, that's right. Give it up for the prophet John. That's incredible eyesight there. That's right. Al, maybe you could go talk to John. How's he do it with that eye? You know, anyway. Uh, the last four times we saw the second uh, sign, believe it or not, we're almost there, is a one world economy. Folks, all this stuff, the economy crash, things not turn around, this is a sign we're living in the last days. This was prophesied nearly 2,000 years ago. Okay, the Bible says when you see all the world's economies coming together as one, and that's happening now. Okay, we've been seeing the proof of that. We saw the proof with the chronological proof. It's planned out. Fear and manipulation proof to get us to go along with it. Uh, the quotation proof, they admit it. The union proof, the America proof, the currency proof. And last time, if you're here, the technology proof, okay? And that's where we saw, folks, that we not just have a one world economy on the planet for the first time in the history of mankind. And we not only have a one world currency, i.e. it's going electronic, it's going cashless for the first time in mankind's history, but we now have the technology on the planet to pull it all together 
into a mark of the beast type system. And if you were here last week, we started exposing that technology. It's called RFID or radio frequency identification. And it's tiny little micro uh, chips, uh, literally half the size of a grain of rice and can even be printed that has the ability to not just store and receive information and not only beam it with radio frequency, hence the terminology, but it has the ability, wonder of wonders, on top of that, of making financial transactions as well. All in one nifty technology. Okay, and that's what we saw uh, last week uh, if you were here. And I don't know about you, but that, that's a little concerning, right? All the pieces are there uh, to pull off uh, the mark of the beast, okay? But that's not all. The third concern I have with this new technology called RFID uh, is not just what it is and what these corporations we saw last week are going to do with it, is what's going to happen when it gets deployed in full force, because it's already being deployed right now. The third concern I have with RFID is what its deployment will do, okay? Folks, believe it or not, the Bible is clear. Once this RFID stuff goes into full force in our society, in our world, it is not going to create only the biggest prison planet this world has ever seen. I'll repeat that again. Once it goes into full force, you cannot escape this system. This is not 50 years down the road. It's already being implemented. You will not be able to escape the system anywhere. It's a huge prison planet electronically that they're creating. But the Bible is clear. Once you see this technology on the planet coming to pass, you as a planet are headed for the wrath of God. It's not a convenient thing. Well, that's what they're selling, convenience. But this is not a good thing, folks. This is a sign we are soon headed to the wrath of God. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to his. He's very clear about this, folks. Revelation 16 is our opening text. Revelation 16. If you find James, what do you do? Hang around. You're on the ball. That's right. Revelation 16. And uh, verses 1 through uh, 7, once again, we're dealing with the issue of the mark of the beast system that's coming. And uh, by the title that I have, at least here in my Bible, it talks about the seven bowls of God's joy. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it doesn't say that, does it? The seven bowls of God's what? Wrath. Okay, how many guys would say that implies this is not good? You don't want to be here during this time. Anybody? All right, you're starting to wake up. Right, the seven bowls of God's wrath. And let's take a look at why he's pouring out these bowls of his wrath. Okay, not mercy. Wrath is the word that's used there. Uh, verse 1, chapter 16 says this. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out the seven bowls of God's what? wrath on the earth. Now the first angel went out and poured out his bowl on the lamb and ugly and painful sores, literally malignant sores, Lord willing, we'll get to that later in the mark of the beast. A painful sores broke out on the people who what? Who had the mark of the beast and worshiped his image, number one. Number two, the second angel poured out his bowl in the sea and it turned into blood like that of a dead man and every living thing in the sea died. Can you imagine that? The whole ocean, every, can you imagine the stems from that? Everything in the whole ocean died. How many guys would say that God's not too pleased with the planet at this point? Yeah, well, he keeps on going. He says this, number three, he says the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers. Now it's there for even fresh water. Poured out a bowl on the rivers, okay, and the springs of the water, and they became blood. And then I heard the angel in the of the water say this, you, speaking about God, are what? You are just in these judgments. You who are and who were the Holy One, because you have so judged. Why? For they have shed the blood of your saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink as they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. How many guys would say that's kind of an intense passage again this week? Yeah, folks, you don't want to be there during the seven-year tribulation, okay? But notice what the angels tells us, folks. How, what does the angel imply to us? How many, how many guys have heard people say, oh, God's not a God of, he wouldn't do this. He, he's a God of love. Uh, excuse me? What you see here is God is going to pour out his wrath. It's throughout the whole seven-year tribulation. This is the very tail end of it. He's going to pour out these bold judgments. Okay, but the angel says God is perfectly just in doing this and pouring out his wrath to this level, okay, for the people's behavior. And notice why. What was the people's behavior? Number one, he says, they not only killed his prophets and his people, but what was the very first thing that he mentioned there in this text as to why he's pouring out his wrath to this degree on the planet? That the people of the planet are so wicked at this time that apparently they not only had the audacity, listen, to reject Jesus Christ and his merciful offer of salvation, 
But it clearly says they had the audacity to then turn around and worship the actual Antichrist and instead deliberately receive his mark of ownership upon them. Can you believe that? And so here comes the wrath of God. This is not only audacious, but, but it invites the judgment of God, okay? He judged these people with painful and ugly sores that broke out on them, and he turned all the water on the whole planet, not a section, the whole planet into blood. Why? You reap what you sow. Blood you shed, blood you get. And again, how many guys would say that based on this passage that, man, the seven-year tribulation, that's probably something you should avoid, if you had the opportunity, you know what I'm saying, okay? That's what it says there, okay? And, and this is, I think, common sense. I mean, if you unfortunately made the mistake of finding yourself in the seven-year tribulation because you unfortunately made a first mistake of rejecting Jesus Christ, even here today, if you rejected his offer of salvation, man, the last thing apparently you ever want to do is take this mark of the beast thing, right? <laughs> you're in a heap of trouble. You're going to go from bad to worst real fast, okay? And once again, folks, here's the point. Whether people realize it or not, for the first time in man's history, even this passage, the possibility to, to fulfill this passage is coming to pass. And again, that's with the RFID technology that we saw last week. This passage uh, uh, deals with the Antichrist literally marking people on the whole planet, Right? And that's what this technology can do, okay? And as we saw last week, it's already being deployed. And now I want to show you how they're deploying it in our society. The first deployment that they're putting this technology into place right now is starting with the retail industry. Okay, it, this isn't technology that's just coming. And it's not just technology that's 50 years down the road. And once they pull it off, the Antichrist has the ability for the first time in man's history to create a market beast system. It's already being deployed okay once again IBM helps us how many of you guys remember the IBM video where the guys in the grocery store and you know, that's IBM here's another IBM video it's almost like they're working in cahoots with this okay shocker they are okay uh, numbering system IBM uh, that's a whole nother topic okay uh, but once again they're helping us to envision what is it going to be like once RFID is full-blown into the retail industry every single product on the planet will be tracked and monitored. Let's take a look at their commercial. Would you kindly tell me what you're doing in the road? I'm with the help desk. You're lost. You're headed to Fresno. Fresno, right. This is the road to Albuquerque. How'd you know we were lost? The boxes told me. The boxes? RFID radio tags on the cargo. Helps track shipments. The boxes knew we were lost. Maybe the boxes should drive. Very funny. Yes, is your you having trouble with your inventory? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, IBM can help. They can help what? What are they doing with these commercials, folks? They're helping us envision, helping us to condition us, to accept us, to envision a future where every box on the planet at any time, anywhere, can be tracked with this technology. That's what they're doing, folks. They're releasing this into the retail industry. The entire global supply chain is their vision can be tracked and monitored. The boxes told me. That's a reality, folks. They're being tracked with this technology. Now, again, if you were here last week, we saw, hey, that's bad enough. That's kind of freaky as it is. But that's not where they're stopping. Okay, we already saw last week, if you're here, what is their ultimate, their goal? Their ultimate goal is to not just put this global monitoring tracking devices on every single product on the whole planet. It is also for people and it's also for animals. Okay? And that's why I truly believe that we are seeing for the first time in history what a privileged time we are in in the history of the church guys we are seeing what other generations of christians could never hardly even imagine but we are seeing the technology for the antichrist for the first time in history to pull off the mark of the beast this technology is already here and as wild as that is folks what they're doing of course just like with ibm's help they are trying to condition us to accept this prison planet system on every product every person every animal Okay, step by step, slowly conditioning us to say that, hey, this is for our good. You need to go along with it. And they have a couple different justifications I want to share with you. And the first one is they say, hey, dumb and dumber, uh, it's good for the companies. You need to go along with this. This is good stuff. The companies are going to benefit uh, uh, so much. And if the companies benefit, then hey, you will too. 
And this is part of their justification. I'll share a couple of them. They say, hey, listen, if you go along with this and you allow us to track, like the commercial said, every item, every box on the whole planet, don't you guys realize that uh, this is good? Because then the employees who do the restocking of all these items can be told exactly where to place this item. I mean, don't you guys hate it when you go shopping and you go to the right aisle where the product's supposed to be and it's not there? Oh, the agony of it all. See, you've got to go along with this. This technology would allow the companies to always make sure that they're stocked in the right place. Okay, then they say, listen, since RFID can track anything that they're put on, hey, listen, that means it's a monitoring device. It's a tracking device. And so if we put this on every product, then theft rates would go down. Because everybody's being scanned the whole time, at all times, in the store, out the store. We'll get to that in a second. And so they'll know when somebody's not paying for the thing. And if theft rates go down, that means more money for you. Liar. It, oh, who said that? Oh, it goes in their pockets. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but, but, but anyway, then they say this. They said, listen, this one's, uh, this is what they're actually working on. This is crazy. They say, listen, if you go along with this, with this RFID in the retail world, um, it, we could use this, listen, to track not just employees, but to track and monitor their performance. Listen to this, folks. This is what they're working for. They admit that if they do this system, that the store management could verify through an automated system with RFID, whether it's on the products that the employee is handling and or the actual clothing and whatever they're wearing that also contains an RFID tag, that through this system, listen, they can uh, automatically know at all times, just like the boxes, whether or not an employee was at an appropriate station at the start of a shift or an end of a shift, at the start of a break or the end of a break, and allowing them to know if an employee spends excessive time in the break room, arrives late, leaves early, or is goofing off in a corner somewhere, listen, and automatically, without the employee ever knowing it until it's too late, generate a report to the management notifying them of the inappropriate behavior. Isn't that awesome? Whoa, yeah. Total monitoring, not just the products. Notice where they're heading of people, even in the workplace. That sounds like a slave environment. So much for freedom, right? I don't care how you justify that. I'm sorry, that's not good. You're going too far with that. But that's what they're planning on doing. It's good for the companies. But that's not the second thing that they try to get us to go along with this. Is they say, hey, listen, dumb and dumber. Uh, this is good for the consumer. All right? So maybe you don't appreciate that we can save so much money as the guys who own these corporations. But uh, uh, don't you know this is going to be so good for you? Now, if you were here last week, let's go ahead and repeat the, the audience participation we had. Uh, let's do it again this week. Uh, uh, really? It's good for us? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah. Okay, and here's their justification now. They say, listen, listen, it, don't you understand? If we get this on every single product, then, then it's a benefit to you. Because it's not just that things are going to be stocked in the right shelf. But we're always going to make sure that it's stocked to the max. So therefore, when you show up, you never miss out on a sale, huh, ladies? Yeah, that's a great benefit. Okay, then they say this one. Listen, again, monitoring people. They say, if we have fitting rooms, you know, when you go buy it and you got to try it on or whatever. Anybody ever do that? How many guys are like guys? You just buy the thing. Anybody? Me and two of you and the rest of you chickens who so don't raise, oh, all right, praise God, you're raising your hand. You just buy, okay, but anyway, apparently some people actually try these clothes on, okay? And they say, if we do this RFID in the retail system, uh, that listen, you enter into the room, there's a big giant monitor screen that's in there, and shoppers could see a video in the fitting room describing the features of that item and could actually see a model, a person on the computer screen modeling it for them and suggest accessories to go along with it. Isn't that convenient? You don't even have to change your clothes. But you're out there going like, hey, well, I'm not like, you know, Pastor Bill and John who just buys the thing. I want to see how I look on it, right? Well, get this. Here's uh, stage number two. They say this same system uh, would allow uh, you to uh, uh, see what you look like with the clothes on because they could do a couple different things. One, as you are, as soon as you come into the store, you are scanned. And so they take an actual photograph of you right then and there and then place that on the model. Or you're already in the database and they'll use one that they already have of you in the database and pull that up. And so that when the person's modeling, it's actually you, your face, trying that outfit on. Isn't that convenient? This is what this stuff allows them to do. But then they say, listen guys, you don't understand. 
You see, that's just the tip of the iceberg of the benefits for the consumer. If we do this in the retail industry and we put these RFID microchips on every single product on the whole planet, don't you realize this will usher in the most convenient era of human history ever? I mean, all of life will be a wonderful paradise and you have to do nothing. Okay, this is an article that was promoting this, but I, I, helped, I visualized it for you. But here is the near future that they're saying, you need to go along with this. It's for your good. You talk about convenient. Let's take a look at that. Uh, this article says, it's the near future. And you're watching your favorite morning news show to see what's happening in the crazy world of technology. But the show is interrupted by commercials. Uh, so you think, this is a good time for a cup of coffee when suddenly... The face of your girlfriend shows up on the screen telling you to buy the latest model of MP3 player with a miniature hard disk of 1.5 terabytes and a weight of uh, 20 grams, a suitable for any occasion available at Walmart. Oh, but, but, but what do you say? You don't even have time to think about that uh, because the next thing, the next commercial shows your best friend recommending to you personally the latest car model that's personalized according to the exact wishes you described verbally to a car dealer just a couple days ago. How'd they know that? And then you got a commercial with your friend telling you, this is the tip of the iceberg, what this stuff will do. But now you're getting annoyed, so you turn the TV set off. But you forget to disconnect from the internet, so now you hear your girlfriend's voice on the home stereo speakers. Hey, that's right. Uh, only the best roses can be purchased at roses.com for her birthday next week. Don't forget. Hey, isn't that convenient? Uh, but this is interrupted by the doorbell uh, because your friends arrive because you guys are going to the baseball game at the local stadium. But hey, you don't worry about a ticket in RFID world. No, you don't need tickets anymore, okay? You just show up and walk in where your presence is automatically recognized by an RFID reader. The cost is what? Automatically debited from your account, okay? But wait a second, you get there, you, it's happened. Th there's still a lot of open seats. You know, the better seats down below. So, you know, you, you figure that, hey, you're going to go down there and, and, and get one of those seats. And as you do, uh, the people who paid the good money, the higher money for those seats, they don't worry because they know what you apparently forgot. Get this, uh, the more expensive seats automatically senses your presence too, and it promptly sends a signal back to the ticket office, which in turn debits your account for the difference in the ticket price. It's all intertwined. You ain't getting away with nothing. Okay, uh, so after the game, you head home when suddenly your muffler on your ca car announces, I have a leak. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, if it's a lady's car, I have a leak. Okay, I don't know, maybe you can adjust the voice. How many of you guys would like to get a Mr. T for your GPS? We were talking about this the other day. Wouldn't it be cool? I pity the fool to take a ride to Wouldn't I, I would buy that. Anyway, that's right. But I, okay, anyway, so your muffler speaks out, I have a leak, okay? And suggests an appointment with the local mechanic the next day, in which, of course, you agree. And since you're hungry, you stop off at a convenience store to get a hot dog, whereupon the screen pops up, listen to this one, on the computer in front of the attendant at the counter and tells the attendant to ask you, quote, ask the customer if he would like extra nacho cheesy potato chips. Okay, now, so the attendant does, and of course you say yes because it's your favorite kind. How did he know that? How do you know? And then, whoa. Uh, so after you drop off your buddies, you head home, and upon entering the door of your home, uh, your home computer asks you if you'd like to order pizza in three hours, and which happens to be the normal time you eat uh, every single night. And since you know you're going to be hungry by then, you say yes, and then you proceed to take out your garbage. Okay, here it comes, folks. But as soon as you put the garbage in the garbage can, uh, the can sends an audible alert telling you that you just put a recyclable item in the wrong bin. And which you immediately correct as to avoid yet another fine from the waste management company. We're really close to that. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. Uh, but then you decide to wash some clothes before the pizza arrives. Uh, so you throw your laundry into the machine. But an alarm goes off there too as the washing machine informs you to not put your white dress shirt in with your red t-shirt. Right? Wouldn't that be nifty? Anybody ever do laundry like I do when you're doing the bachelor thing? I'm not going to share exactly my technique because Brandy's right here. But uh, <laughs> just get it done, man. Just get it done. Put everything on cold. You're good to go. But anyway, so whatever. Uh, but anyway, so, so you make the mistake. You mix it up, right? Oh, listen to this. These are the new machines you can get. And just in case you don't comply, the washing machine deactivates itself until you do. Because everything has a tag on it. It knows about the tag, the thing, and it's all intertwined, all being read by the washing machine. These are... This is the technology, okay? Now, so later that night, you finish the pizza uh, and uh, that arrived right on time. Uh, and uh, you go to the refrigerator to get a drink of water when it informs you that you're almost out of milk. 
and then ask if you want to order some more at the grocery store, right? Keeps track of your food supply. In which, of course, you yawn and say yes, and you promptly head off to bed. Now listen, this was an actual article. And the article, the guy, limbs, he says this. He says, are you hallucinating? Did you eat a bad piece of chicken? Is this a bad scenario of some poor science fiction movie? Uh, yes, I added that in there. Uh, no, uh, welcome to the wonderful world of RFID. Listen to this, where we know everything, how to serve our favorite customer. That's the tip of the tip of the iceberg, guys, of where this technology is heading. And I don't know about you, but that's not just a little bit creepy, but I don't know about you, but I would say not even George Orwell can imagine that society but this is not make-believe this is real and it's happening right now this is where it's all going towards okay no matter how much you justify it folks uh it is not looking good in fact it's going to lead to a whole bunch of privacy problems i only have time to kick on two of them the first privacy problem folks is this is this you talk about discrimination it's going to lead to what they call personalized uh pricing uh with the system personalized pricing with the system okay believe it or not folks this system they're implementing Okay, the corporations are bowing over on this. They love this thing because they can see how much cash they're going to rip off of us like we can never dream. Okay, so they're, they're just going along with it for greed. Okay, uh, my opinion. And this system, they believe it or not, that they're creating of having all these products tagged with this technology combined with the database that knows everything about us, which we saw is already in existence. On average, as we saw on the one rule government technology, each person uh, is uh, on average located on 300 different databases. They know everything about us, our income, our shopping habits. So they want to combine all this technology and this monitoring, this database of our income, our habits to squeeze even more cash out of us with what's called, one of them is actually called this, personalized pricing tool. And you say, well, what, what in the world is that? Well, listen, I'm going to make this up. Believe it or not, when, when they get this whole thing in full force, connect the whole system, they're going to start to classify you in our society as, listen, a barnacle or a bottom feeder. That's their own terminology. Where they admit, listen to this, listen to this. If we're not dropping big money in their stores, okay, they don't want us around. And we will then be financially penalized. In other words, they're going to jack up our price, individual personal pricing, on purpose to drive us out of the store because we're not making good profitability for them. I'm not making this up, folks. Believe it or not, this is a quote from Marty Abrams. He's, a, he's a, a, an advisor for a Hunton and Williams Law Firm, whatever. And he describes this is exactly what they're planning on doing. They're going to bilk us of so much cash, it's, it's crazy. Here's what he says. He says, you know that awful feeling you get when you sit next to a guy who paid 100 bucks for the same flight that cost you $600 to board? He said, soon, listen, you can have the same experience with food, clothing, children's toys, you name it, every time you shop. He said, imagine approaching a shelf and seeing the price tag change before your very eyes. Personalizing, uh, giving you a, flashing you a personalized price, listen, tailored to your shopping history and your profitability to the store. He said it's called customer-specific pr uh, pricing and RFID could make this a reality. Isn't that wonderful? Okay. Exactly what they're doing, folks. It's complete discrimination. But I want to share with you an actual uh, a promotional video. And you're going to see where they're working on the technology to have what's called electronic uh, shelves, smart shelves. Again, what's the term? Smart. Smart shelves, smart phones, smart guns, smart. Every one of those folks, I'm telling you, is not smart unless, of course, you want to promote a Big Brother society. But here's an actual promotional video of the new future store experience that we're headed towards. Watch for the price changing on the shelf. Let's take a look.
Isn't that going to be convenient? You don't even have to take the stuff out of the cart no more. Everything's got these tags on it. It can automatically be done. It's all automatic. It's all electronic and apparently deducted from your account. I'm out of work. Anybody starting to see a pattern here? Now, first of all, again, on the point that we were bringing up, that I was bringing up there, uh, notice how the electronic price shelving, right, that it actually changed as that lady came up to it, right? Now, of course, in her scenario, she's not a bottom feeder like the rest of us, and they want her to stay in the store, so they gave her a good deal. She's got big bucks. But for the rest of us, folks, this is literally what they are working towards. And when you come up there, and if you, in your shopping history, in their database, and your income, and if it's not going to give them profit, they're going to jack that price up on every single item, anything, anywhere you go, just to get you out of the store. Complete discriminatory system. But that's what they're working on. Okay, the second privacy problem is this is going to lead to not just personalized pricing. It's going to lead to, as you saw with that lady in the store, what, 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 did you notice the screen there? When she was going to the store, it, lie, it, was, it tracked her in the whole store, right? It's going to lead to personalized uh, tracking. Now, again, if you were here last week, we saw that these guys are really on planning on tracking us. Listen, not just in the store. That's the tip of the iceberg. They even admit that not, they could use the same technology the government could, listen, to track us as we move certainly through the retail stores, but also airports, train stations, elevators, libraries, theaters, and even public restrooms. They're going to track you everywhere, which again tells you, hey, they're not going to turn the tags off like they've been saying. Don't worry, we'll shut Right? They're going to track you everywhere. Now, listen, uh, I, I'm not making this up. They actually, you think, well, I'm just going to stay home and can't get me there. You don't understand the system, guys. What they're planning on is everywhere means everywhere. It's not just in the stores. It's not just in the public arena. They are going to install, here's their words, RFID sniffers in your house. To sniff the tags, to sniff you, to sniff more information out of you, even inside your own house. Okay? And once again, if you think that's science fiction, let's take a look again at their patents. They've already filed for these systems to go not just in the public, but even in your own domain. Let's take a look at that. Uh, the first one's called Inventory and Location System, and it describes how RFID readers can be installed in your homes, doorways, floors, closets, even in your car to inventory all your RFID retail items and report their findings, listen, on a minute-by-minute -minute basis back to the markers. Okay, so you know everything at any time. Here's what the actual patent says. Quote, as a customer enters the door of his residence, a sniffer placed on the floor near the doorway detects the new RFID tag purchase. Now, this wireless sniffer automatically and continuously emits a signal that searches for an RFID label which is never seen before to add to the database. Then the user's home may contain many sniffers which all communicate wirelessly to a personal computer. Then you could also have what's called a mobile sniffer that could be installed in your car and would be able to report new purchases as the car enters the driveway or garage so that, listen, quote, retailers and suppliers can analyze their sales and marketing strategies. What? Are you serious? And that's not all. That's just in your home. They're also going to get just outside your house with your trash. Remember, because it stays on with the, uh, the whole time. And they're trapped. They're going to they're sniff your uh, trash. Believe it or not, they're planning on using this to track, monitor, and market us by the contents of our trash. And what they're doing is they're taking these RFID readers and they're mounting them on vehicles, right? As your trash truck would drive by, okay, it can tell a lot of stuff about what's in your trash. Now, here's why they want it. Okay, Bell South, they're the ones who has this patent. It's called the System and Method for Utilizing RF Tags to Collect Data Concerning Post-Consumer Products. In other words, they want to monitor your trash. Okay, now, where they can collect, sort, process, and sell the data contained in our trash that still has the RFID tags on them. Okay, and they say, listen, here's the benefit for them. By combining captured pre-consumer information when you bought it at the store with post-consumer information when it made it into the trash, the entire life cycle of an item may be tracked. And this is useful to any number of entities, including retailers, manufacturers, distributors, and the like. Grocery stores and pharmacies and retailers may find it useful to know how long it takes a particular item to go from being stocked on the shelf to being placed in a waste or recycling bin. But wait a second, again, this whole time, if you were here last week, what was the one thing they kept saying, uh, the panacea to alleviate our fears with this system? Oh, we'll shut the thing off after the point of sale. Really? Then why do you keep coming out with these patents? They're all live, all on, all at the same time. And that's not all. Believe it or not, they want them literally everywhere. Here is the ultimate goal for the corporations. This is kind of wild. Uh, they are planning on using this RFID in retail to continually track, monitor, market us anywhere in the world. 
Listen to this, this is wild. Uh, so that they are literally wanting to create a giant RFID-enabled shopping mall for the whole planet. You can shop anywhere you want in the whole planet, even outside the store. The term that they're using is called real world showroom where you can shop anywhere at any time. If you see something that you, somebody else, hey, forget going to the store. What if John, hey, he's wearing a nifty baby sky blue polo shirt and I like that. I'm gonna scan it, have all the details on it. I'm gonna know exactly where it's at. I push a button, I buy it, it's at my house. This is really what they're creating for. The whole planet becomes a giant shopping mall. Let's take a look at one of their promotional videos. Imagine if the entire world was your personal showroom, where you see products in use and you can buy them right there, right away. With the advent of inexpensive radio frequency identification or RFID tags and the ubiquity of mobile devices, the gap between where we use products and where we buy them begins to disappear. At Accenture, our researchers developed a prototype called Real World Showroom. Using a wireless PDA, Equipped with an RFID reader, I can query everyday objects around me, such as a tie my friend is wearing. Information about the product, such as pricing, availability, and delivery options, is retrieved from a variety of online sources. Click a few options, and the tie is yours. As these tags become pervasive, products will start to advertise themselves, and those products' owners will become sales channels. For instance, if I buy a friend's tie, he could receive a sales commission for that sale. But real-world showroom is more than a shopping tool. It's a way to find out everything about a product. By scanning a data tag on a used car, for instance, you could see if it's been involved in an accident, how many times it's been sold, or get a certified odometer reading. Scan a stereo, and you could see its supply chain history to make sure it's not a gray market item. Real-world showroom is an example of what we at Accenture like to call silent commerce. In the future, more and more commerce will be conducted between people and objects in real time and in real world situations, not just at the store or on the web. In other words, we're going to create the planet into a giant shopping mall. And you can purchase anything, anytime, anywhere. And I know what you guys are thinking. Well, hey, that's it. That's the mystery we've been praying about for the last several months. How is it that Pastor Billy and Don always seem to be wearing the same snazzy, cool, classic slacks? <laughs> Folks, this is the society that they're actually building uh, for you and I once this thing goes into full force, because it's already going in, into the retail industry, okay? And as you can see, hey, wait a second, you start putting all this together, this is going to lead to some certain privacy concerns, is it not? <laughs> yeah, slightly. In fact, even some news reports are starting to warn us, folks, once we allow this to go into full force, we are headed, folks, for the worst invasion of privacy in human history. And it's step one of moving it now from products even into people. Let's take a look at that report. Now to the latest front in the invasion of privacy. We take the debate to the edge of the newest technology. The internet, telecommunications technology, cell phones, all these technologies have the capability of tracking your activities, your whereabouts, your movements, and placing you at certain positions at times. So surveillance has expanded dramatically. We all know we are watched pretty well everywhere we go. Maybe it's worth it for a safer city, but is it worth it for more convenient shopping? Because in this digital age, every time money changes hands, we already leave a little piece of our digital DNA, numbers that tell a story of who we are, what we're like. But what's the next step? Imagine a world where everything you buy, from the clothes on your back to a bottle of cough syrup, can be tracked wherever it goes. Well, imagine no more because that technology is already here. In the near future, this chip will be embedded in every product you buy, storing product information and locating it at an exact time and place, from manufacturing to distribution to the retail store. It's a chip that replaces barcodes. You put a chip on an item, and then you go about your normal business, loading it onto, onto, onto trucks or passing it onto your shelves, and every time it moves by an antenna, it gets scanned, regardless of orientation. The inventory control benefit is obvious. Real-time updates on what's selling, what isn't. That's why these executives from around the world are so excited. Through the whole supply chain, um, you're going to see a 20% savings in labor. You're going to see an 80% reduction in theft. But here's the potential problem when you bring it home, because the chip doesn't ever really stop transmitting information. The ability to track 
an individual consumer with a variety of products that they've purchased and the ability to aggregate that information and develop profiles on the kind of purchases that that individual has made, it grows exponentially. RFID is now being adopted by Walmart. So you go into a lingerie store, you go into a condom store, you, you can paint the picture and then link that to the kind of position I might have as a public official or a school teacher or there could be enormous abuses of that information. Of course, there is another side to the story. Think about um, tagging pets and getting your dog back even though there's no collar. Think about lost children. Your child's movements could be tracked minute by minute in a world where scanners are everywhere. Perhaps that's privacy well worth giving up. So logically, it's uh, kind of interesting. Uh, first of all, you get this thing on the products and then what was the next natural slide? You, hey, you're already doing with pets and then, I mean, come on, you're gonna do products and you're gonna do pets, you might as well do people, children. I mean, come on, wouldn't it be odd? Anybody see what's happening here? We have, for the first time in the history of mankind, not just the technology available to pull off a Mark of the Beast system, it's already being implemented right now. And it's all going to converge. And at one point, folks, I truly believe the Antichrist is going to hijack the whole thing. And now it's going to become a point of worship. You better worship me, sign allegiance to me, take this mark to access the system, or you won't be able to buy, you won't be able to sell, you won't be able to do nothing without this mark. And how many people in our world today, outside of knowing Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, will say, absolutely, bring it on. That's a whole other aspect, folks. Our society is ripe for that. But again, folks, as we close, once again, here's the point. What more does God got to do? I mean, how much information, guys, does he have to get us before we get motivated? Okay? God loves us. He's given us all this information in advance to show us, folks, that the tribulation is near. We got a one-world economy. We got a, a one-world currency. It's going cashless. And now we have this technology called RFID to pull the whole thing off, and it's being implemented. And this is why Jesus said, when you start to see this thing happen, what happens? Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. We should get excited. Yahoo! Thanks for sharing that information in advance with us, God. We don't know the exact day nor the hour, but that means you're coming back to get us, and we're headed to a place beyond our wildest dreams. But here's the point. Do you want to get there empty-handed? After all Jesus Christ has done for us as Christians, as a church, after God sending his son to die on the cross as an act of absolutely amazing love and mercy, you really want to get there empty-handed? You don't have any kind of treasure laid at his feet? Nothing? You don't want to lead even just one soul to Christ? That's the point. While we're waiting for his return, we need to get busy working together, being his team. Amen? Let's start getting busy, getting serious about sharing the gospel. But again, in closing, as you're here today, if you're not a Christian, I beg you, please heed these signs. What more, how much more information does God got to get to you? That we're living in these days, folks, that Antichrist kingdom is real. It's really coming. And that chip is real, and it's really coming, not just for products, but for people. That's the next step, folks. And the Bible warned this about 2,000 years ago. So I encourage you to say, please don't deny this. Don't act like it's not going on. In fact, what's iron, uh, ironic is the same Bible that told us about the Antichrist kingdom and the Mark of the Beast technology said that in the last days, unfortunately, that's the exact kind of attitude people would have on the planet. Nah, it's no big deal. So what? Everything continues on like it has. You Christians are just alarmist. Jesus said, when you see that attitude, here in the last days. Let's take a look at what he says real quick in closing. He says this, Matthew 24, verse 37 through 39. As it was in the days of who? Noah, Jesus says, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man, Jesus. Okay, and here's what's gonna happen. This is today, folks. For in the days before the flood, the people were what? Ah, come on, this is crazy talk. People were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, up until the day Noah entered the ark and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Noah had the same message that we had today to speak. You know, I know this sounds crazy, man, but you're gonna see this, you're gonna see this liquid stuff called rain come from the sky. Okay, it's, it's gonna come down. And it's not just coming down, it's coming down in a flood, okay? And I know, I know you've been laughing at me, mocking at me, but there... God's merciful. There's, there's one way out of this mess. You just got to get in this big old boat. Okay, just get in the boat. It's all you got to do, man. And they laughed at him and laughed at him year after year after year until 
the first raindrop hit their head. But it was too late. God closed the door. And that's what Jesus said, guys. He says this, for that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. We are seeing that same skeptical, scoffing, acting like it's no big deal, partying it up, living it up. Who cares? RFID. Why are you even sharing this? Who cares? It's all the same thing. That attitude, Jesus said, is going to be characteristic. That's what they did in Noah's day. And so I warn you as Noah did back in his day. Would you please? Jesus Christ is coming back. I know it sounds strange. And he's coming back uh, uh, riding uh, on a white horse uh, with, with angels, thousands and thousands of angels and his saints will be riding with him. And he's coming back to set up his millennial kingdom. But before that, there's a horrible time in the history of mankind called the seven year tribulation. And, and, but, but praise God, God's merciful. He's provided a way out. It's a different piece of wood this time. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. Would you please get into Christ before it's too late? If you're here today and you're not saved, you need to get saved now. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die, and it's coming for each one of us, we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. And so out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law, to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one, says this, you shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay, and if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar. Okay, the, the, another commandment says you shall not steal. Okay, uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him. Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission, that's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder and you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart. You wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included, and that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, 
to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. For instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, they certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime. Okay? Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you of your sins? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you do that now, wherever you are? Please, take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Please, call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.